0: This episode of the latest is brought to you by the latest. Get new episodes automatically by subscribing to the program on Apple Podcasts. Or if you prefer listening to the show manually, check us out at pinecast.com/listen/a2353fa0-97db-4ab6-83fa dash 982CF15F13A4.mp3. Either way, enjoy the show. It's Thursday, February 18. I'm Greg Ott. This is the latest. Deadly winter
1: weather emergency unfolding across Texas and much of the South is becoming even more dangerous tonight. Most of Texas is still Frozen solid right now, a full
0: week of snow, ice and bitter cold temperatures in a state unfamiliar for the winter storm. When you've got two girls who have been cold for two two days and haven't had heater power and they're saying, hey, look, we don't have school, why don't we go, let's get out of here. Those voices are discussing Texas, a business-friendly, property-rich player who declined to invest in either the waterworks or the electric company. As residents continue to grasp with massive infrastructure failure that's left more than a dozen dead, hundreds of thousands without power, and millions without drinkable water, many within the Lone Star State are beginning to ask themselves the same question. Do they say don't mess with Texas because they don't know how to put it back together? For those who didn't celebrate Valentine's Day on Sunday, Mother Nature decided to give people another opportunity to feel alone, icy, and powerless. A series of extreme winter weather events descended upon vast swaths of the country, from snowy amorous states like Vermont, to snow-curious locales like Louisiana, which only flirted with three to six inches that one time in college. The result was an historic and unprecedented winter storm that's affected tens of millions of Americans. But... In spite of the chaos, countless acts of destruction, and multiple confirmed deaths, 43 senators have still concluded that it's not guilty. Appropriately, as many continue to salt the earth in response to a blanket of white, Congress announced a plan on Monday to investigate the January 6 attack on the U.S. Capitol in the wake of the second impeachment acquittal of future three-time divorcee Donald Trump. They'll be modeling the group on the 9-11 Commission, which was formerly known as the National Commission on Terrorist Attacks upon the United States. They won't even need to update the title. And the 9-11 Commission should serve as a perfect model, considering its experience in probing a criminal mastermind with financial ties to Saudi Arabia and a nepotistic tree of useless children who's on track to be found lifelessly tethered to a dialysis machine. Axios, the Greek word for bullet point, has characterized our inability to confront major challenges as America's can't-do spirit. From managing COVID-19 to overseeing what's plugged into the federal power strip, the only place where the American spirit seems to be embodied is whichever first world, third world terminal that's saddled with American and spirit. Destitute, backwards, run-down, tacky, dreadful, logistically complex, and grounded somewhere in Florida. And I can't help but think that many of the seemingly disconnected events of this week are, in fact, closely linked together in the same sort of butterfly effect scenario that leads a character on That 70s Show to become a venture capitalist who invests in smart thermostats. In the late 1980s, the repeal of the Fairness Doctrine ushered in an era of unbalanced political commentary from the unbalanced Rush Limbaugh whose addiction to spreading racist, sexist, homophobic, anti-scientific, and false equivalency-laden invective was only outmatched by his addiction to OxyContin, and leaves behind a corpse that, once cremated, will cement a legacy of having permanently polluted our airwaves. Tucker Carlson, Alex Jones, and others who define journalism as the verbatim reading of the questionable contents of a forwarded email metastasized beyond the radio to the very smartphone in your hand that they claim to be giving you and yours hand cancer. Audiences, largely sympathetic to a center-right point of view, inevitably get pulled further and further into the maniac vortex, which ultimately taints the voting public with water that's more dangerous than the stuff coming out of Houston's taps. It should come as no surprise, then, when those, ushered into power purely on cynicism, whataboutism, and the support of a highly profitable right-wing media complex, not only feel like they're doing the right thing by exonerating a guy they don't even like for ransacking the symbol of our democracy, as if January 6th was Black Friday at Best Buy, but they even have the gall to book an early spring break to the Ritz-Carlton in Cancun, because Ted Cruz's United Club miles were about to expire in his fridge like his neighbor's insulin. I'm not surprised that a public servant like Ted Cruz would skip town in the middle of a crisis without giving it a second thought, because that implies that he had a first one to begin with. Texas is so allergic to the prying hands of the federal government that it maintains its own power grid, preferring blown transformers over the anaphylactic shock caused by cooperation over common interests. Governor Greg Abbott even pretends that the state's failed power grid is the logical result of the Green New Deal, which is not a law, but rather a series of proposals suggesting that eating McDoubles on a daily basis isn't good for humanity, especially whoever you're sharing a bed with. President Biden wants to pass comprehensive infrastructure reform by the 4th of July, a date barely four months away, when the snow will be long gone and Army Hammer will be having his friends over for a barbecue. But if we want our bridges rebuilt, the power kept on, and our water free from brain-eating amoebas that led to the outbreak of people who enjoyed the flight attendant, we need to pull the circuit breaker on the likes of Mr. Cruz to restore a national sense of utility. And now it's time for the O.J. Simpson Twitter update. Hey, Twitter world. Hey, Twitter world. Hey, Twitter world. This is me, yours truly. Yours truly. My guest today is Colin McEnroe, a columnist and radio personality who hosts Pardon Me, Another Damn Impeachment Show and The Colin McEnroe Show on Connecticut Public Radio. Colin, thanks for joining me. Oh, thanks, Greg. On Tuesday, O.J. weighed in on the second impeachment trial of former President Trump.
1: Hey, Twitter world, it's me, yours truly. Well, football is done, so now we're on to politics. and Now, unfortunately, I've been involved in a few jury Uh, uh, Trials, And the one thing I do know that they get the jurors to pledge that they will base their decision on um, what they hear in court and not on any preconceived ideas. Well, I think we all know that that's not going to be the case here because these um, uh, senators are going to be more concerned about how their vote is going to affect their election that is coming up less than two years from now. So in many ways, this is sort of a waste of
0: time. Colin, what do you think about what O.J. had to say? Well,
1: I mean, I, I think, you know, for him, it must be very unfamiliar to watch a trial like this. For example, none of the lawyers is rhyming at all. You know, I mean, this, this, he's probably thinking, where's, where's the shoes, where's the gloves? This is not a trial. You know, he did another tweet where he talked about, the. he said that he, he, there was no sports to watch uh, and uh, that you know, this was a reasonably entertaining substitute for that. And then I thought this is the most bizarre thing. In this second little video tweet that he did, he said that he was struck by the fact that among the rioters or marauders, the women had said more violent things. And I'm thinking, is this really a great place for you to go, dude? Uh, but you know, he was like, "Wow, you know, v- women can be violent." <laughs> Uh, You know, uh, of all the third rails to put your your football cleat on, that seems like the wrong one for him.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. And what do you think about OJ?
1: Well, I know I was supposed to say he's a murderer. I I think a fairer term would be recovering murderer. I mean, I think he just got his 25-year coin. I mean, he hasn't done it for a while.
0: That's this week's OJ Simpson Twitter update. Colin, thanks for joining me.
1: Hey, thanks, Greg.
0: And that's the latest written, recorded, produced by Greg Ott. OJ Simpson Twitter update produced by Christy Forsh. If you like the show, please subscribe. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Podcasts. It's on all of them. It's all, it's free. Just do it. Hey, if you like the show, please do me a favor. Give me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or any other app that lets you give reviews. Five stars, five hearts, five thumbs up, five, uh... Uh, clovers, I, whatever makes the show look listenable. Latestpod.com for all your latest podcast needs. It's a wonderful website in uh, WordPress, popular uh, web technology. I'm at underscore Gregot on Twitter. Yeah, right. I'm Gregott on Clubhouse. I, I got in. See you soon. And by see you soon, I mean hear you soon. And by hear you soon, I mean you'll be hearing me soon. And by hearing me soon, I mean you'll soon be hearing me do something on Clubhouse. Probably not. But you'll hear me do another episode of this podcast. Great.